Hello and welcome to the ninth episode of Turning It. I'm your host Paul Barrow and I'm here with a man who, like Michael Hayes, is purely sexy. Daughters, lock up your mothers. This is Dave. Hi Dave, how you doing? Yeah, right, Paul. <laughs> nice intro there. Well, you know, <laughs> you do write them. <laughs> <laughs> Kayfabe, dude. Kayfabe. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. I mean, uh, I mean, it is true. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here this week to discuss Choi Town Rumble, or Choi Town Rumble, or Choi Town Rumble. I've never been quite sure how it's pronounced. Choi Town Rumble, nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine, aka the only Choi Town Rumble. <laughs> they do keep on referring to it as eighty nine as if it's coming back. <laughs> well, you know, they can try. So this took place. On February the 20th, 1989, in Chicago, Illinois, at the UIC Pavilion, in front of 8,000 fans in attendance, and it's a pay-per-view. It it scored a 1.5 buy rate for an estimated number of buys of 130,000 people bought this. I'm not entirely sure how big the pay-per-view business was at the time, but that seems a big number. It seems decent. Doesn't seem like a bad... I mean, obviously now they're getting like a million buys and whatever, but you can't compare... Then to now. Then to now. But yeah, this 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 took place only five days after the last two years episode, which the less said about, the better. If you want to hear the the adventures of Angry Paul and Sad Dave, I suggest you listen to the last episode. But there's an interesting little bit of information because five days before this you had... Clash of the Champions, Valentine's Massacre. Yeah. But two days before this show, at the Rosemont Horizon, the WBF ran a house, uh, an event with the Big Boss Man versus Hulk Hogan in a cage. It was 19,000 people. It sold out. It also had Randy Savage versus Bad News Allen in a street fight. And going head-to-head against this on television, on free TV was a three-hour primetime wrestling special that they advertised as a preview of WrestleMania Five, and that was advertised. That that was headlined by a Savage versus Warrior match. So yeah, and and Tony Schiavone made his on-air debut for the WWF. So all of that is going head to head against this. Do you get the feeling that Vince McMahon didn't like Ted Turner? <laughs> didn't want him to succeed. He didn't want him in the wrestling business. <laughs> But yeah, talk about a stacked deck. But yeah, this this show uh, has a lot to go by. Well, that's how you do a TV special. Yeah, our last show was Clash Five, which is a TV special. Yeah, and it was awful. Yeah, it was real Vince, bad. Vince shows them how to do it here. Yeah, oh. because Vince is just stacking the deck. Yeah, he doesn't need to do much more than. I mean, look look how many people that was. That's a ridiculous amount of people to sell at the Rosemont Horizon. And then of course he puts Hogan against Boss Man. In a cage, which I'm pretty sure that's a famous match. I'm fairly sure it is, yeah. Uh, Might not have been that one, that one <laughs> but that's a pretty famous Hulk Hogan cage match. Yeah. But yeah, that's what's going on. They, they, they might have stopped doing competing pay-per-views. But uh, they're still being dicks. But they're still being dicks. <laughs> Should we move on with the show we're going to talk about, though? Yeah, the show we're going to talk about, which again is Chi Town Rumble, or Chi Town Rumble. Yeah, right, it opens... With an 80s montage. Yes. I love the 80s montage. Yeah, it's not quite as good as the, the dodgy jazz music that you get in front of the WrestleManias of the time. 
but it's very, very 80s. It's very like Rocky Balboa is about to enter the fight. Yeah, it shows everybody who's going to be there, most of them at their best, hitting somebody else. It shows quite a lot of the previous pay-per-view, quite a lot of the actual moves are just from the pay-per-view match or the clash, the big matches they've had. There's no like, you know, Brick Steamboat versus the jobber he was against last time, whose name I can't even remember. Bob Bradley. Look at you with your encyclopedic knowledge of stuff nobody cares about. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Bob Bradley. Oh, God. Um, But yeah, I'm getting flashbacks, Dave, help me. Uh, (laughs) um, But yeah, it's all the big moves, all the big moments from, from their biggest matches. It's the smartest thing they can do. So, after nice opening, we move into the commentators screeching us, I believe. Yep. Which, again, is JR and Magnum TA. Yeah. I still don't like Matt. He's not terrible. He's not terrible. There are worse. There are a lot worse. And we're bound to get there. Yeah. We are, unfortunately. (laughs) So, and then we go straight to a Michael Hayes promo. Yes. Now, for me, I had... I think it was down to the network here. There were sound issues. Yeah. And it was upsetting a bit. But Michael Hayes has a lot of energy in this programme. He's talking how he's going to beat up the Russian and whatever else. I can't remember what he said precisely. No, he he's one of those promos like... This is going to make him sound really bad. Uh, like the Warrior. Or like certain Macho Man promos. You don't know what they said... But you know it sounded awesome. JYD is another one of those. Yep. But yeah, so Hayes is going to beat up the Russian and that's our opening match. Yeah. Thoughts on, on Michael Hayes in general? I've not seen that much of him other than him being Michael Hayes or Doc Hendricks. Doc Hendricks. So, uh, his, his position in WF or WWE at the moment is pretty high up. Yeah. I'm going to say this. Hate to start off on a bad foot. Michael Hayes, good promo. Average wrestler, to be kind. I'd accept that. I believe it was Mid-South where Bill Watts was like, okay, cool, you want to be the Fabulous Freebirds? You're their manager. You can hop in every now and then, but you are not a good enough wrestler to be on my program. And that's kind of where the the Mid-South relationship with them went sour, is that Michael Hayes wanted to be the front man. I don't dislike Michael Hayes, but I can really see what Bill, Bill Watts is coming from when you, the other two guys you've got are Bam Bam Gordy and... Oh Buddy my, Rose? Yeah. Not Buddy Rose. Buddy Rose is the guy from the Blowaway Diet. Buddy, Buddy, Buddy. Yeah, it wasn't Buddy Rose, though. It's Buddy... Buddy Roberts. Roberts. I knew it weren't Buddy Rose. We couldn't have got away with saying it was Buddy <laughs> Rose, mate. Yeah, I can really see where Bill Watts is coming from. When you've got the other two guys being Bam Bam Terry Gordy and Buddy Roberts, like they're better wrestlers than Michael PSAs by a long way. Well, Bam Bam and Michael Hayes were both young guys yeah. when they started out in the Mid South territories because they went from Mid South and they were in WCCW, weren't they? World, World class, class, yeah. yeah. They had the big the big feud with the Von Erics. Yeah, they're both still young guys. Buddy Roberts was a veteran at that point. Yeah, he he's, was. He's the older guy, kind of leading them through. 
making sure they don't get too crazy. Apparently, that wasn't too successful. But I've got no problem with the Freebirds. I've got no real problem with Michael Hayes. But when you look at him now and the position he's in, you're thinking, you weren't that good. Like, no. what are you talking about? You see him in the ring, not that great. Him coming down to the ring, I love Bad Street. Bad Street, mm. how you say? Yeah. Yeah, it's such a good tune. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'd, 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 I'd say. But that's, to me, that's about half the gimmick. Yeah. <laughs> half but, the gimmick is that song. I'm going to enjoy watching him coming down to the ring every time because I like that song. Yeah, exactly. Um, I didn't mean to bury... I'm not trying to bury the guy. No. It's simply... That's how I feel about him. I'm mystified by how he's gotten so high up in the biggest wrestling organisation in the world. He's been there a long, long time now. Yeah. Has he actually left since he joined? I don't believe he has. I think he nearly got fired. But we won't talk about that because, again, I don't want to be burying the guy. But, yeah... Russian assassin number two, they say. They say number two, which would be Jack Victory, but it's not. It's number one. one. We will see Jack Victory who, at I, some point. I think he's like the French angel or something. I think that's the guy who's a, who was a territory guy. Yeah. Uh, one of the many angels. Yeah. When you had a big, bold bloke, he was an angel. Yeah. Very strange. If you look at this, when the match starts and they have the wide pan... There's so much red where the seats are. Yeah. The seats are empty. This is not not sold out by anyone. Anyway. No. Michael Hayes has said in his interview that it was 10,000 people making the noise of a million. No. <laughs> it's 8,000 people making the noise of about 50. Yeah. It's... Uh... Oh, they get louder. They do get into it. Yeah. As they should. Like, this is... This is, this is... Not going to be a repeat podcast of our last episode, don't worry. No. We're not going to sit and bury this entire show. There is some good stuff on this program. Now, the opening match, again, it does feel a bit like our last podcast. It feels like a TV match to me. Yeah, it's, and again, I said it last time, I said it again. The Russians are an anachronism. Yeah. Don't do it. Has Michael Hayes reached his period where he's claiming that he invented the moonwalk? Not yet, I don't think. But I, that's, my fa- that's my favourite PSAs. I invented the moonwalk. It reminds me of Grandpa Simpson trying to say he invented the question mark. <laughs> this is an average match. Yeah, it's not bad. I again, this is this is why I bought my opinion on Michael Hayes. I don't think Michael Hayes is capable of much more than an average match. Uh. If he's in a singles match, if he's in a tag match, then there are more ingredients to that stew. He's also ba- being a babyface in this match. Yeah, which. Michael Hayes is a heel, like yeah, he he's naturally a heel. Like. Yeah, he he unless he's wearing a tuxedo and he's calling himself Doc Doc Hendricks. He's he was, a, I was a heel then. I hated Doc <laughs> Hendricks. <laughs> he wasn't a heel. He was neutral because he was a staff member. Yeah, he's, he yeah, but but he's a heel to me because yeah. like he's him and Todd Pettengale were the first time I was like you're chilling. All you're doing is telling me to buy stuff. All you're doing is like. Grimmons. That's just jealousy, sir. Yeah, I've I've never worked with Vince McMahon. I'm really jealous. They got paid to do nothing. You were saying. <laughs> Hang on, <laughs> that sounds familiar to me. Shush you. Right. So, yeah, he's not a great wrestler. Neither is the Russian assassin number one. No, uh, but it's a it's a perfectly fine match. It's a perfectly fine opener. Paul Jones does some good work at ringside. I'm still not used to seeing him in a suit. No. Him in a suit just feels Him weird. Him without a moustache seems weird. Although I think we managed to miss the point. Apparently at one point he did have a Hitler moustache during oh. his general Paul Jones moment. Oh, wow. So, Thank God he got rid of that. Yeah. We're kind of glad he 
not using that at least. So, slow match. Yeah. Um, Rear chin lock used by the Russian assassin to get heat on Michael Hayes. But it makes sense because he's so much bigger. Yeah. The crowd has time to die off as well. And they had a little injury because Michael Hayes has gone and stomped his foot and crashed. Yeah. <laughs> and you got a bit of battery at USA going in there. And then we come to the end where Hayes makes a bit of a comeback. And hits the DDT. Nice DDT. He does do a nice DDT. Very nice DDT. Of course, the problem is I grew up watching Jake Roberts, so there's no better DDT than that. Uh, it basically owes Jake Roberts, Arn Anderson, everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Double arm DDT is a different thing. Yeah. Because then you've got Cactus Jack, then everyone else. Yeah. <laughs> right, we move on from that match, because it was an opening match. It was an okay It was an okay opener, it wasn't. Yeah. But nothing really to go like, oh, this is special. To an interview... Now, this interview irritated me because it's essentially the same interview we had last time, only with Bonnie standing there. Yeah. Ricky Steamboat back on the mic. Yeah, the f- talking about the family unit, how he wants to make people proud. He uses a few lines from the, the, his WrestleMania 3 promo. Right? His WrestleMania 3 promo is one of my favourite pr- promos in general. He talks about how they've reached their moment and stuff, and I'm like, don't do that. Don't use... Because at WrestleMania 3, you, you feel like he wants to run out there and rip Savage's head off. And in this, he's just kind of like, yeah, we've we've reached our moment. You know, the crowd are ready. I'm ready. And it's just like, oh, you better, you better deliver on this match. Did you notice that even Richie, little baby Richie in arms, didn't want him to do this interview anymore? <laughs> Pulls the mic away to himself. He's like, Dad, you've had enough here. I can do a better promo, Dad. Come here. Can't even speak yet. I'm going to do a better <laughs> promo than this, mate. But yeah, like, why they persisted with this? I mean, I get the angle, but the angle's bad. It's it's not making Rick Steamboat someone I want to cheer for. Yeah. But hopefully in ring, we know he's a good wrestler. Yep. Hopefully he'll deliver later. Again, not much to say about that. Pro- mm. Bonnie stares directly into the camera quite a few times, and I can't tell if she's scared or she wants the camera on her. I think it might be the latter. From interviews I've heard from people, she was very involved in Ricky's... Yeah. She she was... Rumours say... Yeah. Because this is not my opinion. I don't know. Rumours say one of the reasons he got fired from WWF was Bonnie was like, more money now. Go and get it. And then when he asked for it, it was like, no. And apparently she ran things like, you're doing this, you're getting this. And if you're not getting it, then we're going. She was very much like the head of... When the bookers and the promoters were talking to Steamboat, Bonnie was cutting in. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing is what I heard. Yeah, I've heard those. Again, like, I'm not disparaging Bonnie. I don't know Bonnie. None of that. If this ever gets around to her, I don't... Now, Ricky Steamboat had a brilliant heel wrestling name in real life. Richard Blood. Richard Blood. His brother's is even better. What's his, what's his brother's name? His brother wrestles as Vic Steamboat, or wrestled as Vic Steamboat. Yeah. He is Victor Blood. Victor. The only thing that made that better is a Von. Yeah. Victor Von Blood. How great would that be? Like, <laughs> I'm not going to distract too much from this show with that, but it's just a thought I've had in my head for a while. What a great name yeah. that would have been for a heel. Victor, Victor Blood. I mean, He could have been a pirate with that name. Yes. If I'd have heard, if I'd have heard in 1837, Victor Blood. Just... 
yeah, um, Rick, Ricky Steamboat, because you know where he got his name from. I don't. There was a, um, he came in and he was like, my name's Richard Blood. Yeah. And it says, you can't be Richard Blood. That is a heel name. Luckily, I think he broke in around the Carolinas. Yes. And yeah. he says about, about a generation ago, there was a guy who looks a, looks a little like you called Sam Steamboat. Why don't we say you're his son? So he's the I've heard of Sam Steamboat. So he's the son of Sam Steamboat. Cafe boys, yeah. <laughs> Arn Anderson is the cousin of Ric Flair. Yes, exactly. Edge and Christian are brothers, or, or are they? Because now they're not. Now they're best friends, but they were originally brothers. <laughs> the Dudley boys are brothers, though. So <laughs> Papa Dudley go around a lot. Yeah, I love that gimmick. But yeah, again, terrible interview. Bad way to promote your number one baby face because he has to be the number one baby face he's easily the biggest baby face star they've got it's a terrible interview would they have been better time to put in a recap of the stuff that's happened cutting do, it to make ricky look good do a highlight reel of his stuff yeah i suppose you opened with a highlight reel but yeah it's certainly better than an interview with rick steamboat he's not a good talker no it's a shame because he's going to talk again later on. Yeah. Um, we'll get there, though. For now, let's move on to a match. A match? There's a match. There's a match. You never told me there was a match doing this. A match with one of the best stars we've seen so far. Yes. A young man called Sting. A man called Sting. Although he's not coming out to that yet, so. No. Versus a man who last time didn't impress at all. No. And... He doesn't do much to impress me here. <laughs> no. He's a he's old. Well, not old, but he's not yeah, young. He's not a young guy anymore. Butch Reed, Butch by the Reed, way, we were talking yes. about before we... Uh, <laughs> bury the lead, as it were. Yeah, um, bury, the, bury the lead on Reed, really. But Sting does what he can. You know, there's, there's, there's a, a nice little bit of athleticism. The crowd certainly want to cheer Sting. Yeah. Sting, at the start of the match, there's a bit of pacing around. And Sting turns and crows. This is... Woo. Yeah, it, it, but it's more of... It's more... Th- yeah, I can't I can't do the woo that Sting does without deafening everyone that listens to this. Yeah, I appreciate the fact that you're not going to do that because the headphones are on. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know uh, why. <laughs> but the crowd, as soon as he does that, liven up. They're like, they're yeah. like oh yeah, this is Sting, this, this is, is going to be good. Sting. And it's a slow start to the match. It's a slow match. <laughs> it's a slow match. There's a nice spot quite early on where Sting leapfrogs Butchrude. And they do talk about Sting's leaping ability. Yes. And how it's changing the game of professional wrestling. And usually, usually I'd be like, what a stupid thing to say. And then he's standing he's standing leapfrogs Butchrude. And it doesn't really look like Butchrude even bends down that much. No. And Butchrude's a big dude. And I'm like... All right, JR, I'll let you get away with it because it, it, it does look really impressive. He doesn't just do it once, though. He does it twice in a row. Yeah, he's great. And then goes to the hip tops, which is blocked. So shows some more athleticism. Got that out there. Yes, you did. Well done. Um, And does a standing backflip to reverse into an arm drag, which was a really nice bit of work. Yeah. I loved it. I- have uh, we said anything bad about Sting yet? Is there anything to say bad about Sting yet? No, I don't think there is. I haven't seen him. I think he's been a highlight of most shows apart from the last show where he was locked away. Yeah, but that's not his fault. No, that was Kevin Sullivan. 
Yes, Kevin Dan, Sullivan. Dan Kevin Sullivan. The evil games master. But yes, Sting's been, Sting's been great. He's wearing kind of a pinkish purple, isn't he, in this show? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think, yeah. yeah. Uh, very snazzy. He's got a very, his look is so great. The whole flat top, the paint. The paint hasn't got to where it will get yet. No. The paint does, does become more... He looks like the biggest star in the company. He looks like a bigger star than Rick Steamboat. He looks like a bigger star than Ric Flair. And he's not too far behind any of them in terms of athleticism. He just needs to sit back, get his experience, and we'll see where it goes. But I've not heard of Sting so after this. so. But considering he is one of the best workers they've got, yep. does he really need to cheat like he did in this match? <gasps> He's died biting Butchery's fingers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> The commentary don't even call on it, though. No. Um, JR says uh, Butchery says he's been his fingers, but we didn't see that. It's, it's just kind of like, right in the camera. It's blatant. It's right in the camera. Yeah, I saw it. Sting has become a cheating jerk here. Hey. What is it? That, what is it? I went to the Bobby Heenan School of Broadcasting. When if you can, lose you must, but always <laughs> cheat. Well, Butchery clearly has as well, because he starts cheating. But instead of the referee accepting the, his cheating like he did with Sting and like, turning a blind eye, he calls the fans to ask for Yeah, like they're going to be like, nah, Butch Reed's a good guy, man. We're going to turn on him. Disgraceful. This yeah. is biased by that the referee. Ref- the referee should not ask the fans. It's a, it's a fun spot, though, isn't it? It's a fun <laughs> spot of like, yeah! Because, you know... Did you- he pull his tights? <laughs> They could as he goes feet on the ropes. It's very Butlins, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's very holiday camp wrestling. Well, we went to a family show a few months back, and yeah. they had that as a whole thing throughout. If you see them cheating, call out and tell them that they're cheating. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was a. Uh, that was a good night, actually. Cause <laughs> that was just fun. Um, that was the first wrestling show we've been to since lockdown, really, isn't it? For you, I'd been to a couple of others. Oh, I see. I get you, you were busy. I you know. have a life outside of wrestling, apparently. Don't tell anybody else that. Nobody, <laughs> nobody believes me. <laughs> so, um, we have Sting going for the roll-up. Yep. Butchery grabs the ropes, and we're still in contention about this. Should that break the roll-up pin attempt... Or does the referee kick the ropes? I think the referee kicks. The referee kicks the ropes, which leads to Butchery losing the match. See, now that's, that puts another spin on it. Yeah. So the referee basically costs Butchery it's, this match. It's not a hold, though, is it? It's not a hold. But so, is it a rope? A pin is a rope. Would oh, be yeah, broken if, by if, the ropes. If you're in the ropes, then it will break the... Yeah. Interesting. We should ask a ref. We'll get back to you guys on that yeah. over the next few shows I, I will ask someone at some point Butchered is clearly upset by this blatant favouritism and attack Sting after the match yeah um, I was terrified this was going to lead to a feud yeah I feel like I've buried Butchered the thing I like about Butchered is how thick he looks like he doesn't look jacked he doesn't look fat no but he doesn't look ripped he doesn't look like a Lex Luger type or even a Hulk Hogan type he looks muscular, and then on top of that, just thickness as well. He looks like it took about six of him to make a dozen. You know a what bit, I mean? A bit like Farouk started to look yeah. later on. Yeah, yeah. A, bit like, a bit like Farouk. Uh, they, should, they should do something with those guys. Yeah. Right, so we have Sting win. 
This is great. Crowd we go pop. to a backstage interview. To the back. <laughs> with Paulie Dangerously, Randy Rose, and Russian Assassin number two, Jack Victory. Oh, what's going on? What's going on? What's the story here? Or what's going on? Because <laughs> <laughs> they're two different things. Well, let's start with the kayfabe version of what's going on. Because I actually really like this explanation. Paulie says, you guys know Dennis Condry too well you Midnight Express people, so I've switched him out for Jack Victory to throw your game off so we'll win this match. Really good explanation. Yeah. Really good. Uh, Because the next match is a tag team match between Jim Cornette's Midnight Express and Jim Cornette and Jim Cornette versus the original original Midnight Express with Paul E. Dangerously. Yeah. Uh, the loser of the fall will be forced to leave the National Wrestling Alliance. So this takes us to what really happened. And now for the rest of the story. So George Scott takes over booking and tells Dennis Condry, oh, this is going to happen in the match. And Dennis Condry says, when I signed, you didn't tell me anything about leaving town. I don't want to leave. Screw you. And leaves... It wasn't even that. It wasn't that wasn't the whole thing. Yeah. The whole thing was this. Yeah, we're gonna do a we're gonna do a match, and the loser, the losing team, uh, will leave the NWA. And Dennis Condry's like, okay, cool. I assume we're leaving. Uh, what's happening? And he's like, well, I'm gonna keep you. Uh, I like you. I don't like Randy Rose and the way he wrestles. So we'll change it on the day. And we'll change it to Randy Rhodes takes the pinfall and he loses. And he's, how are you bringing him back? I'm not bringing him back. I don't like him. <laughs> that's not That's not on. Stuff that. I'm off. And he leaves. This isn't actually the first time he'd been replaced either in the matches. They went on house shows and sent him to different towns to the Midnight and the Jim Cornette's Midnight Express and Randy Rose. So Randy Rose had different partners. Yeah. So it was very much. I don't like Randy Rose. We're getting rid of him. And I, and Dennis Condry was like, "Nope, yeah. not having that." So I took the ball and went home. She's fair enough. Yeah. Like I thought. I feel it's a bullshit thing to tell someone they've got a job, and then do a wrestling angle, and then like after they've been like, "Yeah, we will sort of this wrestling angle." Oh, and then by the way, it's legit, and you're gone. <laughs> I think that's that's not great. That being said, you know, Randy Rhodes still has a still gets to work this match. So Paulie and the originals come down to the ring and yep. we go to the back for the other side of the coin, as it were. Yep. Which is Jim Cornette, also selling the same point as Paulie, but this is a disaster because they don't know Jack Victory that well. Yep. They know it's weird though because Dennis if, works. If they'd been watching previous shows, they'd know that Jack Victory very well. Well, they wrestled him last time, so <laughs> uh, yeah, ridiculous. He, he's been the Russian assassin number two. Yeah, he's been the blackmailer. The blackmailer. So if you've been watching the shows, yeah. I wonder what mask he's going to be wearing next. <laughs> well, you know, he's got he's got like uh, he's got those mannequins heads with just a, a series of them, and he picks them out. I'm sure. This is another. Good interview to put over, but it's Cornette. Yeah, it's a good interview. It's Cornette, and the other side of it is Heyman. Yeah, so they're going to be good. 
um, they do their best to rescue this. Well, in Cornette's book, he actually says how much the show drew, which just matches on um, Chi-Town Rumble. And I don't think we mentioned it before. It's said that they get 8,000 in attendance. They drew just under seven, just under $70,000. Oh, for, for money? For, uh, on the actual there's, door gate. There's, there's, no, there's no number on the gate that we get. No, this is in Jim Cornette's book. Oh, he... 69,000 something or other. I can't remember exact figures. Ow. Yeah, so that's not $10,000, $10 a person, basically. Yeah. So this is terrible yeah. business. Um, I mean, I, I imagine all these numbers, the 8,000 and that, are probably inflated anyway because it's professional wrestling. Yeah, well, they're claiming 10,000 on the screen. So oh, in that case, then there's 2,000 extra people. Yeah. You can see the seats are empty. And if we go back to the last show previous, the last show previous? The, the previous show. The previous show. Um, at one point, JR is actually promoting the show and going, oh, buy, if you're in Chicago, buy tickets. So there were still tickets available five, five days, days before. before. Yeah. Well, what can you do? You can only sell what you can sell. Yeah. Shame, though, because, like I said, well, these, these were good interviews to set this up. So back to six-man tag action. Yeah, I... I I can't tell if this was supposed to be a six-man, because when they've been talking about it for, I think they, they do mention it being a six-man, but I'm pretty sure this wasn't... The beginning of it wasn't supposed to be a six-man. I'm pretty sure the six-man was added to add interest. It does as well. Yeah. Um, Heyman coming down and tearing his outer shirt like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's just gonna, he's still wearing a T-shirt underneath. Yeah. Which is, it's brilliant. So, Heyman, dangerously at this point still, isn't yeah, it? Yep, which he got from Johnny Dangerously, which was a Michael Keaton movie. Uh, I think Keaton plays a lawyer. And they do share a little bit of a facial similarity. Paulie's hair is, is starting to thin a bit. So, yeah, P- Paulie does have a bit of a facial similarity to, to Keaton. But, you know, his hair is thinning a bit already. I think he's being a bit, um, bit generous to himself. But fair enough. I mean, he's a great character. He's one of the he's one of the best characters on this show, and he's opposite one of the other best characters on this show. So, what can you do? I love Cornette's wrestling gear. It's hilarious. I always thought he had it made personally for Vader, because that's the same thing he has when he does tag matches with Vader in like '96. No, that's his wrestling. Apparently, that's just his wrestling gear because it is the Vader color scheme. It's. But no, that's just his wrestling gear. It's a full bodysuit, yeah. essentially. Like, covers everything up to his wrists. Yeah. Fully padded. You can see the padding. It's designed because he's a mama's boy. He shouldn't be in a ring. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great. Uh, I'd say if you haven't seen Cornette wrestle as a heel manager before, go and find some of that stuff because that's really good. Where he'll tag himself in to get the pin and ultimately lose. Yeah. Get, get rolled off or something. Yeah. He's he's very good. They're they're both very good at playing their characters, and thank God they are because they're the story. Because once you replaced Dennis Condry, to me, Angle's dead. Yeah, Angle's gone. Once you've just stuck another guy in there and said that's the original Midnight Express, that's not. <laughs> that's Jack Victory. He's got a mask guy back. He's going to be the Russian assassin in bit. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, I mean, even if you don't know that, it's still, even if that was the first time you'd seen Jack Victory and thought, okay, it's not the, the Midnight Express, though, is it? 
No. The angle, the angle of midnights versus midnights is dead. Now during this match, Jr. actually says about Jack Victory, "I haven't seen Jack Victory in months." <laughs> now personally, I saw Jack Victory twice five days ago. Yeah, uh, for one, he's not helping his case because he's wearing the same tights as he was as the blackmailer. So Jim Ross looks like a moron. Yeah, but this match is all right. It's entertaining enough. Jim Cornette throws a good elbow. Jim, yeah. The the best thing about the match, I mean, the it's a midnight's match, uh, and I'm talking Cornette's midnight's. Yeah. So it's it's a, at the very least good. Yeah. But the thing you're really waiting for is the managers. Cornet to get hold of Heyman or yeah. dangerously. So yeah, it's, 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 it's fine, Dave. They're the, same, <laughs> they're the same guy. It's not like it's not like you're trying to claim that, that you know um someone else was um but yeah, uh the the thing that gets me is how well they both play it. Hi, uh, dangerously only gets in when Cornet's in trouble or when anyone's in trouble. And he doesn't act the coward. He acts the big man all the time. But the best thing about it is both the tag teams know these two guys aren't getting in. They they do everything they can to not get the managers involved. And it's played up on commentary. You don't want these guys in here against a wrestler. That'd be disastrous. You know, they, they, they'd be destroyed. And it's playing up Jim being a babyface by... Jim stepping in there with the rest of the like, yeah. this is madness. Yeah. Oh, he's getting a quick shot and he's out again. But Heyman... Heyman would... doesn't come in unless it's against Jim. Yeah. Unless Jim's hurt. Yeah, it's it's well played out, this. Yeah, it's brilliant. It It's it's a, re- it's a fun match. The problem is, whoever booked this destroyed the gimmick, destroyed the entire angle. Hmm. And they could have ran with this for six months. We hate you, George Scott. <laughs> Isn't he the Silic Bang guy? I'm George no, Scott. No, that's Barry Scott. Barry Scott. Okay. I'm Barry. His name yeah. wasn't even Barry Scott. I was gonna. I was gonna say for for anybody that isn't from the UK, that was a series of like um, TV adverts back in the early two thousands. Yeah, which I'm makes ba- it even worse because there's probably people who might be yeah too young to remember it. Yeah. It was a series of them, and they became almost, almost like a pre-meme meme. He'd just walk around, and be like, "Hi, I'm Barry Scott, and this <laughs> is Silly Bang." It was ridiculous, but yeah, I, I appreciate that there are listeners who aren't from our country, Dave. So, like, I made some weird Delboy references a couple of shows ago, and I'm like, "Oh, people aren't going to get that. That's a sitcom." You uh, see, since Paul Heyman has come out in this show, he as, came out as the psycho yuppie. Ah, yes, that's where we mentioned it. You yes. mentioned him as the psycho yuppie. Wait. I've started watching Only Fools and Horses. Yeah, of course. Only Fools and Horses is, is one of our nation's best loved sitcoms. And, uh, you know, I've got them all on DVD. So there. <laughs> Mr. I've got a BritBot subscription. Other streaming services are available. Yes. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's a good match. The ending comes from... I know Randy Rose takes the pin. Mm. Jim Cornette is in the ring with Randy Rose. Getting beaten up. Yep. He gets a hot tag to Stan. Yep. Stan gets hit with a cheap shot and goes on the outside. Um, I've got cheap shot. Heat on Stan. Oh, hot tag to Bobby followed by that with a beautiful diving drop kick. Yep. 
because Bobby Eaton. Oh, this is where the managers actually get together after that driving dock. Yeah. Bobby forces a tag in for Heyman and drags him into the ring <laughs> and then gets yeah, the, Jim in the ring. Because they know that's where the heat is. Yeah. All the men get in, they fight. The flapjacks, the midnight's the f- do a flapjack. Flapjack, I was going to say, the flapjacks <laughs> do a midnight. The flapjacks do a midnight, yeah. The fla- midnight's do a flapjack on um, Randy Rose, Rose for the pin. And Randy Rose now must leave the NWA. NWA. I wonder if that's legit. Because obviously they're, they're referring to them as the NWA, but the NWA is technically still a group of people, I think. I think it's still a few territories. In fact, he's leaving WCW. Yeah. Well, he's meant to be leaving WCW. Yeah. Just a weird thing to happen. Yeah. Just a weird, like, that. this angle was was my favourite angle. This whole mid, Midnight's versus Midnight's. I was like, yes, this goes for a while, I'm pretty sure. And it's over in, like, two months. It's only been a couple of shows, really. Obviously, we're not watching all the TV, but it hasn't been going that long. Well, it's the first mention we had was at Clash 4 just before Starcade. Yep. So We've just had Clash 5, so maybe a couple of months. It probably started in November and we're in February. February. So say three, four months. Fair enough. It just didn't... It felt like there was more more to get out of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And maybe there will be. Maybe down the line there's some more... Oh, uh, you know, I think Heyman sticks around. Yeah. In fact, I know Heyman sticks around. I, I'm... I know whose next team is. Uh, it's just the uh, Simone Swat team, I think. Yeah. And maybe they feud with... The Midnight Express. The Midnight Express, yeah. So, the stories, as far as the original versus the new Midnight Express, as it were, well, not the new Midnight Express. The Midnight... Jim the Cornette's Midnight, Midnight Express. Jim Cornette's Midnight Express. Because <laughs> the new Midnight Express is something totally different that we will never cover. Hey, you leave, ever. You leave Bodacious Barton... Bombastic Bob. Bombastic Bob alone. <laughs> Poor sods. Yeah. So, yeah, Randy Rose must leave the NWA. And we go to an interview with the Nature Boy. So, this was a good interview, obviously. Yeah. Uh, sort of a repeat of the angle from five... A lot of the lines are... They, they show a lot of the, the angle from five days ago. Yeah. And I get that. But if you have to re-show it, it was only on less than a week ago... And it was on TBS. If you're re-showing it so soon, do you really think it was a, a success? They should have shown stills from it and been like, "Oh, you missed a, you, you know, you missed. If you missed Clash of the Champions, you missed something." Although, I suppose the less people that saw that show, the better for for the company. You missed something. You missed Sting wrestling. Go no way. Everybody did. <laughs> oh, so yeah. We can look back and laugh now, but I was pissed at the time. Nature Boy puts over the match. He puts over Rick Steamboat, who's a good wrestler. And we are going to have a good match. Later hey, on, we don't know that yet. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, Dave. I'm talking to you as though we're watching it live. <laughs> <laughs> so, after the interview, we go to a t- TV title match. Is this our first title match of this the evening? This is our first title match. And every match from now on is title match? I believe. Um... Let's have a quick gander. Yes, every match from now on is a title match. Yes. So, this is Rick Steiner, TV champion, with Scott Steiner in his corner. Yes. Against Mike Rotunda, the former TV champion, 
a member of the Varsity Club. Yeah. Now, this has been built up for quite some time. Well, they've had a match two months ago at Starcade. Yeah. Which I really enjoyed. I remember that match being good. Yeah. Um, this Feels one... like an age ago I watched it. But... Yeah. This one, not so much. Nah. I've put... Let's see if they can do as well as they did at Starcade. And no, they can't. The no. match isn't bad in itself. There is, there is, there are certain things in it that that work against it. Yeah. Did you notice the crowd members with their own little Alexes drawn on their hands? This thing's over. This thing is over. There are people in the crowd with Alex drawn on their hands, just like Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Don't tell me this thing's over. That's 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 horrible. It's horrible to hear. I suppose we're looking back on it. Maybe people felt sorry for the guy they thought was mentally unwell. They love this guy, though. Yeah. Look- His dog has appeared on television at this point. Yeah. Right. Which plays into bits. Later on. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like the Starcade match. Quite a bit. I mean, there's a lot of suplexes, a lot of feeling out processes. Yeah. But it's just not as good. No. Um, um, Steiner, Rick, get some blood. He gets a little yeah. juice going. And this causes him to get distracted, which I liked in the match. It's kind of like, like, what the? I'm bleeding. Yeah. And causes him to start getting distracted and getting beaten up by Rotunda. Yeah, he he was very much like, oh my God. Problems with this match aren't from the the majority of the match. Is it the Kevin Sullivan involvement? Yeah, it, it begins there. I want to point out, I want to remind you that Scott Steiner is in the corner of Rick Steiner. I think this is going to match the note I've made at this point. So the games master, Kevin Sullivan. Yeah, I'm going to keep calling him the games master because then I get to think of him giving out game tips and like challenging people to get 50 rings in Sonic the Hedgehog. But but uh, it's another British TV reference for you. Check out that on YouTube. Um, he he gets on the house mic and says, "Oh, it's a lovely dog you've got backstage. It'd be a shame if something happened to it." And this, you know understandably distracts Rick. I understand yeah. that. But then Rick starts getting out of the ring and I'm like, your brother's right there. Why has he not like ran to the back to help you take care of your dog? My note exactly. Why didn't Scott go out back and check on Spike? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, Scott looks like an arsehole here. <laughs> it's just kind of like, Rick, you stay there, so I'll go sort this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And it makes Scott look like a good guy. Instead, Scott just stands there going... <laughs> yeah, it's it's awful. I actually quite liked the ending. The ending sequence. The German suplex with the failed bridge. Yeah. The ger- well, back, bill it's back because it's a bit more side suplex-ish. Yeah. It, there is a, there's, it's, a su- it's a suplex where all four, all four shoulders are down. Yeah. And then Rotunda picks his leg, picks his, picks his arm up. And uh, Rick Steiner's shoulders are down, but Rotunda's aren't. So that's the three count. Rotunda wins and becomes the TV champion again. I don't mind that ending because Rick has been distracted. Rick is not the sharpest knife in the draw. For his character, you can do that without hurting him. Yeah, I don't mind that ending until the next match and the one after. Oh, well... We were going to get there, Dave. We were going to get there. Yeah, we will. But yeah, that ending. Well, so I was like, okay, I see what's going on. Yeah, cool. Yeah, I mean, 
I think it's a bit. You know, you've just you've just given to our eyes anyway. Hmm. You've just given Rick the the TV belt. This is his first real challenge. But at the same time, you got Scott right there, and you know they're going to be. I mean, we know. Yeah. But I assume even people at the time were like, "Oh my God, look at the size of these two! These are going to be a monster tag team." And our tag division has suffered a few losses over the past few months. Yeah. We could do with someone new in there, some fresh blood. And you've obviously still got the Varsity Club as a team. Yeah. So it's potential for a proper feud. Yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's really good. Um, yeah, I have no issue with this match, really. It no. wasn't great, but... It, it was all, it was all right. It was good. It I just no wasn't issue. as good as Starcade. Yeah. Um, which is a problem. Whenever they keep doing return matches, the first one's always better. They haven't been able to build on what they've had before so far. So, yeah, that was the TV title match. Yeah. Next, we have an interview segment an with interview the Road Warriors. With the Roadies. I love this because it's classic Road Warriors. Well, it's a hawk threatening to do things, animal threatening to do things. Tell them, hawk. Other way around this time. Yeah, I noticed that. But... Yeah. And then. Poorly, poorly, poor Ellering. Poor Ellering. <laughs> Wrapping up nicely. Yeah, I mean, I, my first memory of Paul Ellering is at WrestleMania 8 when they suddenly bring him in and Bobby Heenan makes a big deal of like, do you know who that is? Oh, we're in, we're in trouble now if he's leaving the road, the, the Legion of Doom again. And I was like, who's this old dude? But looking back, they have so much history that if you were watching wrestling back then, that must have been such a cool moment, um, but yeah, I really, I really love uh, the Road Warriors and Paul, Paul Ehring. I think they really lost something when they lost him. But this is a great interview. This, as you said, this is typical. I'm gonna kill you. We're gonna kill you, and with the Road Warriors, and you it's can't stop us. It's very much like what we said about um, Michael Hayes earlier. It doesn't actually matter what they say. No, but what they say is always so cool. <laughs> yeah, like with 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 like like we said like with, with the Ultimate Warrior, like doesn't make sense if you think about it. With Michael Hayes, I don't think some of it makes sense. With the Road Warriors, if you go back and go, what did they actually say? Oh, that's that's horrifically violent. Like, yeah. hor- like You shouldn't be able to say that on TV. Well, I think Hawk brings up that there's no chance in hell the Varsity Club are going to beat them in their hometown of Chicago. Chicago. It's just, uh, You're from Minnesota. <laughs> are they? They trained in Minnesota, didn't they? I thought they were from Minnesota. The, the Chicago thing's a, a gimmick. They moved... Houses. I'm, from, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure they they from one to the other though. At some point, it's well the the nightclub they they threw people out of. That's um, Minnesota. Yeah, well that's where they grew up then. Yeah, but they moved as children, according to the documentary. Anyway, ah well, unless they're working as some documentary. I always thought, I always thought Chicago was a uh, just because Chicago's rough and was, tough. Yeah, and was, that's was, where was, rough was, and was tough a people thing. come from. It I, might well be. I don't know. I mean. They always get a big reaction in Chicago, so mm. fair play to them. They don't, they don't ever let... But the story in the documentary basically says one moved to Minnesota and then the other moved to Minnesota really soon afterwards and they were friends in both oh, towns. They probably were from Chicago, then I'm probably wrong. Let us know. There's a Twitter somewhere. <laughs> Twitter. Yeah, at Turning is. There we go. We don't boast it enough here. No, we really don't. Uh I'll have to start putting that in. <laughs> yeah, we'll just make a big note. At Turniers. 
That's how many years. So we're going to move on to the next match. Yeah. This is Barry versus... Barry? Barry Wyndham. <laughs> I almost said Barry Scott in my head. <laughs> I was... Hi, I'm your US champion, <laughs> Barry Scott. This is Barry Wyndham versus Lex Luger for the US title. Barry is your champion, as Paul just said. Yeah. And they were in the ring when the promo finished. I've got ring. So yeah. we didn't get entrances no, for the... these two big stars. And these are like... These are... These are your biggest stars apart from your world's champion material. Yeah. It's, it feels like a big mistake to not give at least Luger a big entrance. So what do you make of this match? I thought this was pretty good. I'll give you that. I thought this was pretty... Like, I don't have much of a problem with it apart from the ending. The ending's... The ending is hor- hor- horrendous. But we'll get there in a bit. But we'll get there... I thought that it's, it was pretty obvious that Barry was leading leading the match, which the heel usually does. Yeah, he makes Lex look great out there. Yeah, I mean, and, and to be fair, athletically, yeah. Lex can look great. It's if if this podcast has done anything, it's made me reevaluate how I feel about Lex Luger, because I always thought Lex Luger Planker Wood. I really did. I was just like, good looking guy, but Planker Wood. When you got Barry Windham in there with him, they've got. Good chemistry. They had great chemistry as a tag team as yeah. well. But you, it made me think of like the early match against Flair, where Flair's selling for Luger, everything. Barry's doing the same. Barry's huge, though. Yeah, Barry's... And for Barry to do that is amazing. Yeah, Barry is playing the ultimate heel. This really made me miss JJ. Yeah. Because, obviously, JJ is the reason Barry turned heel. It would have been a good comeback for maybe JJ to get a bit of a kick in. But that obviously can't happen because JJ's not here. Matsuta's out with Matsu. He's so he's not there. He might, I... as, well, he <laughs> might as well be a cardboard cutout. Yeah. Um. Obviously, trained Luger, so maybe that made Luger feel a bit more comfortable. The guy that trained him is there, so he like all you've got to do is when something goes wrong, throw me outside. <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, I thought I thought Luger looked great, and then you get to the ending. Can we go before we get to the ending? Go to a bit. I know this. Luger gets some colour. Yeah. Now, to me, it looks like he goes hard way because it's literally right on the eye. Yeah, it's the, it's the easiest place to go hard way because it's bone on bone. Is did, Was the intention to get blood hard way because he can't blade himself as we figured out at Yeah, he, he, he doesn't like the... But I, I, can, I imagine that was to go hard way because, as you say, like... I mean, I, I'm not sure how I'd like cutting myself, to be honest. So I've never really been... He looks good for it. Yeah. Um, he gets a fair bit more juice than he did at Starcade. I'm pretty sure I've like had nosebleeds that are more juice than than Luca gets at Starcade though. So uh, you know, less said about that, the better. So we have that, and then we have Barry punching a post as well. Oh yeah, he blades his hand. It was n- a nasty shot. That yeah, uh, he, it, he he blades his hand. How did I? How was I not going to talk about this? Like in order to he blade, I cannot. Why would you blade your own hand? To sell the fact that you just punched a post. Yeah, but it's just, the, the, so many nerve endings and everything in that. Like all you got to do is cut a little too deep, and that's a tendon gone. Your hand's done. Uh, it's crazy. Um, really putting Luger over yeah. and putting yourself over as a hard guy, I guess. But this leads to part of the finish where Barry's obviously got the claw, and he can't do the claw. Slippy because he's got. A, hurt hand because he punched a post yep. he's loosened the glove on his hand at this point as well the glove's almost falling off got to relieve the, alleviate the swelling 
Mm. A lot of people do that with uh, the ankle lock where they undo the undo the boot and that. Well, I say Barry can't get the claw. He gets the claw. Luger actually breaks it. If looking at my notes, and I remember how he squeezes the hand. Quite another heel tactic. That. <laughs> so you not got, really. You got a bleeding hand there. Ah, squeeze. <laughs> it's not. It's not an illegal hold though. No illegal hold. No. In fact, that's quite smart. So they fight for a bit more, and then there's a superplex where Lex kicks out. So remember the last show, Lex did the superplex yep. to show how effective it was as a move, and this just shows how great Luger is. Barry's doing a better job of making Luger look great than than even Rick did. Yeah, but I want to see more Barry Windham at this point. So like, Barry Windham's one of the best to ever do it. Unfortunately, I know where we'll end up with Barry Windham because I've seen like late 90s WCW. Ah. And... All I can say is rap isn't crap. It's great, Barry. It's great. We'll get there when we get there, <laughs> Dave, because you and I will have a discussion. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Luger basically gets put in a belly-to-back suplex. Yep. It's a very... Or does a belly-to-back suplex and has both shoulders down on the mat. Yep. And he rolls his just before Barry. Yeah, I just want to... This, this is not like a, an error. You, there is not, you've not rewound the podcast. They this just do the same finish. Almost exactly the same finish. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I, at this point, was rolling my eyes going, that was a good match. Why did they end it like that? Um, I, I, I think they ended it like that because they're idiots. Yeah. No, I, I, to be honest, I thought I think what they did was they, they showed you the, the bad guy doing it in one match and the good guy doing it in the other to create a kind of uncertainty over when Lex got the pin to create like oh did he get it I don't think it works no this was awful this ending was awful yeah, the it, match was really good the match was really good I was I was there I was rooting for Lex and the the ending just makes you go oh oh who who uh, who, who okayed that in the back did the two two guys not talk they obviously weren't watching the match before because you wouldn't do that ending no Unless the booker is there, go and do this ending. This is the ending I want. Go and do it. Meh. I, just, I can't see. Uh, and in which case, someone should punch George Scott in the face, <laughs> which he rightly deserves. Ah, uh, George Scott, we apparently don't like you very much. <laughs> it's not going to get any better for you, George. Sorry. No, no. Um, but yeah, new US champion, Lex Luger. Yeah. How do you feel about Lex at this point? Because I'm looking at it going... Oh, US champion, cool. But it's also a bit of a... It's like, oh, that's your consolation prize. I see where you're coming from, but I think US titles are about the right level for him at this point. Yeah, I, I agree. But after he's failed a couple of times to win the world belt... Well, if they hadn't put the US title on him, that really would have been a kick in yeah, the nuts, wouldn't it? But, the, yeah, there is an interview later, isn't there? It's not directly after this. No, because directly after this, we have an interview with Mike Rotunda. Ah, yes, yes, now I remember. Mike Rotunda. Just says how stupid Rick Steiner is and, and he's how right. great I am. That's the worst part of it. He's exactly right. Rick is dumb. I won this match through my own genius, I think is the term he yep. uses or something like that. It's standard heel interview. Standard IRS interview, to be fair. No. Apart from he doesn't call everybody a tax cheat. That's all IRS ever did. There was no interview. It was, you're all tax cheats. <laughs> ding, ding. We then have a quick roundup of what's already happened with Magnum and JR. And to be fair to them, 
this is probably worth a roundup because some big stuff's happened. Yeah, I thought this was well placed. It gives the cr- gives the crowd a home anyway, a little breather from the action. Yeah, and hopefully distracts them from what's coming up next. <laughs> oh yes, here we go. So yeah, quick roundup of what's already happened. If you weren't following, Michael Thunder won back the TV title. The Midnight Express, Midnight Express with Jim Cornette pinned. Randy Rose, and he's now gone from the NWA, and Barry Windham just lost the US title to Lex Luger. Yeah. There we go. Oh, and Sting and... Do we have Sting yet? Yeah, Sting's gone. Yeah, and Sting beat... Butch. Butch Rude, yeah. There we go. There we go, that's all I yeah, basically it's, it's, tell it's, it's a good. It's a good rundown. It's, it's, it's well placed for it. Right, so we now have world tag team titles on the line. Yeah. And we have the Road Warriors... Versus the Varsity Club. This was set up a while back by the sounds of it, but really went to town on it at our last show. Yeah, this this was one of the few things they actually bothered to set up. Yeah, and the Road Warriors with Paul Ehring are over as hell. Yeah, it's 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 Chicago. It's Chicago, they're the Road Warriors. It's like CM Punk in Chicago back in the day. They have... Well, CM Punk in Chicago now back in the day. Yeah. There we go. Uh, Don't get me wrong, they're wearing those... They're wearing what I call the... Oh, no, I can't call them that. I was going to call them the Hellraiser shoulder blades. But as Hawk is in a tag team called the Hellraisers, I can't really do that. They're in the black ones with the with the, with the the metal studs. Yeah. Rather than the red ones they wear in WF. To me, these always look more boss. They always look like plain metal with just the black. I like all the coloured ones. They've got green ones. They've got red ones. They've got blue ones. Mm. They look like Road Warriors in this. Yeah, they they look like they're from the the Mad Max movie, The Road yeah. Warrior, which is where the gimmick comes from. Yeah, rather the red is very child, child friendly. friendly. Yeah, and and don't get me wrong, I wanted a pair of those foam. I wanted those from from the mail, mail order catalog. I want the real ones more. Everyone wants the real ones more. Yeah, my mom said no. <laughs> Make some, Dave. Just buy- I'm old enough now, I can buy some, I could, I'm sure I could find some out there. Probably, probably. I'm sure Heidenreich tried to sell his. Where did he get some from? Uh, Heidenreich? Yeah. <laughs> I don't recognise Heidenreich as a member of the Road Warriors. What about Puke? Yeah. <laughs> you leave Droz alone, the poor guy. I like Droz well enough, but... <laughs> but yeah, yeah. He wasn't the Road shouldn't, shouldn't have been a member of the Road Warriors. Anyway, this isn't about WWF. No. This is about the Varsity Club going for the World Tag Team titles. When you say the Varsity Club, you mean? This time it is Kevin Sullivan and Dr. Death. Have they still got the US tag titles? I don't think so. No. I don't think the US tag titles... Have they just kind of disappeared off the face of the earth? No, they're still around later. I know they're around 90. We'll have to look at that. They may well still be US tag champions. Yeah, so it might be champion versus champion. Didn't come out with them. It's definitely only for the world titles. It's not hyped up. As a champion versus champion match, no, it's possible that they are, or they, or who knows? The Fantastic probably got them. <laughs> they had them every other time we could think of. So opening moments: Sullivan versus Animal. Sullivan tries something very stupid. He tries to outpower Animal, and he tries a um, crossbody off the top rope to Animal. Yeah, just gets caught and power slammed. Yeah. Then we have Animal and Doc going at it. Yeah. Jeez. Which is shoulder tackles and no cells, followed by a power slam. This is the this is the 
atypical Road Warriors match. Yeah. And it's basic as heck. Two big guys hit each other. And it's awesome. I love it. Uh, because you are right, it's just shoulder block. No. Animal poses. Crowd goes nuts. Shoulder block. No. Run. Huge. And I mean huge ring shaking power slam. Pose. Crowd goes nuts. You have some heel tactics coming out of the Road Warriors as well. The Road Warriors are never. The Road Warriors aren't baby faces. The Road Warriors aren't heels. They're the Road Warriors. That's why you can't turn them heel. But this isn't the Road Warriors being the. This is them actually using tactics. Make. Cut the ring in half and get heat on Dr. Death and call in Sullivan to distract the referee while they double team him. But that's the thing. And the crowd go nuts for yeah. it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah it, it, it's, it's the bad guys getting their own, getting a taste of their own medicine. It, it's one of the best spots in tag wrestling. It's the Road Warriors blatantly cheating and being cheered for yeah, it. Yeah, but like, I don't, if, even if, if, if you're in WF, you cheer for the Road Warriors cheating. They're the Road Warriors. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just tough guys, if you know what mm. I mean. So we go from the back and forth of it all to the Varsity Club starting to get some... Heat on animal from the shoulder. From, from the shoulder, which he injured at the previous show, yeah. which they don't actually bring up on this. I think they say, I think they might say he's got a bad shoulder, but they don't mention well, it yeah. was worked they, on five days ago at the Clash of Champions. Yeah, they definitely mention he's got a bad shoulder. Yeah, they were avoiding saying Clash of Champions as much as possible. I think. Yeah, because I mean, hopefully they know that show was terrible. Yeah. So yeah, they're working the arm, working the shoulder, and. I, I never like to see the Road Warriors sell. It just doesn't look right. Especially don't like to see Animal sell. He's so big. Animal looks like a fridge with a head on top. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> oh, you're not wrong. He's a coffin of a man. Look, at least they've got Dr. Death in there. Yeah, Dr. Death. Another, another man who just looks like... Mm. But if you're going to have animal selling, you want the warlord, the barbarian, Dr. Death. Death, yeah. Kevin Sullivan's not a small bloke. But he's a lot smaller than Dr. Death. He's a lot smaller than Dr. Death and animal. <laughs> I, I would have taken... If I was going to get heat on someone, it would have been Kevin Sullivan. But you can't get heat on a heel, really. Not an, for the outcome we're expecting here. True, true. Uh, yeah, but they. it's such a fun... It's fun because the crowd... The Road Warriors could have come out and said, you all suck, and they would have been like, yeah! This Chicago crowd are with the roadies. And because of that, so am I. We get a hot tag to Hawk after a double clothesline where Doc and Animal both go down. It's backwards as well, isn't it? You never get Animal being the one hurt. It's always Hawk's the one who gets beaten down a bit and then tags out to Animal. Yeah, so trying something different. Yeah. The attempt at the... Doomsday device is blocked. Yep. There's a bit of a smars because I can't think of a better word for it. It's yeah, it's a it's a it's a, a smars is kind of like everyone in the ring. Everyone in the ring. Quick brawl. Yeah. So Hawk and Kevin Sullivan are the legal men. Yeah. And Doctor Death and Animal are still in the ring. Doctor Death gets a pin on Animal. At the same time, Hawk has come off the top rope and got a pin on Sullivan. So the pin on Sullivan is the one that's counted. Yet Dr. Death jumps up and cheers like he's won. Even though, two things about the pin on Animal. One, he's in the ropes. Two, his shoulder isn't on the mat. So, yeah. But the commentary are there saying, which one's 
One, Hawk was the legal man, wasn't he? Or is it Dr. Death? So, a third match in a row with, with... a dodgy pin finish. Yeah. I... Although not that dodgy this time, as I... long as you were paying attention. I actually liked this. I mean, the weird thing about the Road Warriors is most of the time when they got pinned in any match I've ever seen, their backs are so broad and muscular that one of the shoulders technically isn't on. You watch them, they're never actually <laughs> touching the mat. They are massive men. Certainly happens a lot in WF uh, when they get pinned. It's just their back muscles are huge and there's a, there's a big there's a gap. Um, so you kind of have to, have to go, eh. being in the ropes, whatever. I, I loved this match. I didn't really take it as badly as the last the last one. But I certainly mm. get what you're saying. I did like the whole which one of them got pinned. I'm all for that kind of thing in tag wrestling where it's like, oh, this has just broken out into nothing. I think if we'd had a break in between yeah, they the two same ones. Yeah, I mean, the two same ones are what what really sours you on. Oh, another weird pinfall match. But I I really like this. This, this has been my favourite Road Warriors match we've seen. We haven't seen that many. No. But what we've usually seen have been like three ways or the tower of doom i mean six mans or the tower of doom sorry there has been like some weird three-way tag match don't worry we didn't miss that out it's always been like a weird stipulation like the barbed wire match and stuff like that this is just a straight meat and potatoes uh smash mouth style match and we're gonna go on to very much the opposite of it now so what contest are we coming up to now it's our main event of the evening with ricky steamboat Facing Ric Flair for the world's heavyweight title. And I've made very few notes about this. Because I was watching a good match. And that's what happens when I watch good matches. Yeah. Um. Again, Flair comes out. It's cheered like anything. Because it's Chicago. It's generally a heel favourable town. Steamboat comes out. Gets cheered. There is a smattering of booze. And it takes maybe ten minutes. For all of that to go away, you forget about the bad interviews. You forget about the I'm family man. You forget about the terrible matches. I mean, not terrible matches, but like the weird jobber match they had at the last clash that just went too long. And you have two of the best wrestlers in the world at that time, or of all time, if you want to say that, because that's arguable, having one of the best matches in history plain and simple it was great and um th- i've got one point i will pick up on in a bit but it's it's slow it's methodical it's not slow as in the movements in the ring are slow that's very much a legitimate sport what i will call it the pace of a legitimate sporting contest they are feeling each other out they are they go but it it takes its time with I am going to sell everything you do. If you graze my shoulder, I'm going to make sure to register that. If you put me in an arm ringer, that's going to bother me for the rest of the match. If you... If I miss a dive, that will hurt me forever. But it's not what I find with a lot of selling today, where it's, I've missed the move, I am dead oh, now I've got to hit my finish, let's bounce up and go. Hmm. I get that's modern wrestling and whatever, but this is, this looked like uh, a great boxing match. This looked exhausting. 
it looked like they were constantly trying to win. It was perfect. They look... I mean, even even down to the way they look in the ring, you've got Ric Flair, bleach blonde hair, black tights? Was it purple tights? Uh, he's wearing red. Oh, so I'm completely wrong. He's wearing red and Steamboat's wearing and green. green. Yes. They contrast yes. perfectly, yeah. And, you, and, and then you've got Steamboat with his dark hair. The chops in this match are ridiculous. I was going to say, like, people know about Flair's chops. They've always, yeah. whenever anybody gets chops to this day, you still hear the occasional woo. Woo. <laughs> woo. But Steamboat lays in those chops. Which he has to do. He he, he must have realised, I have to show that I'm awesome in the ring. They have to forget everything else and they have to believe that I can beat Ric Flair. There was only one person in that ring who wasn't as awesome as they could have been. And that was the referee. There's a spot where Flair's doing a pin with his feet on the ropes, a pin attempt. Yeah. Now, Tommy Young, the camera angle, shows Tommy Young basically under the angle of Flair's body. Yeah. And even How if... How could he get there? Even if it's kind of the side of your face or whatever, you'll see the thing and be like, hang on, what's that? Why can I see so much light? Yeah, it's not you even know? Yeah, it's not even that. It's like, where is his body? Yeah. It has to be above me. Yeah. And... and that's the only mistake. That is all I could come In up the with. match, <laughs> this match goes, what, 20, 28, 27, around there? It, yeah, it goes a good old while. Um, a... Might even go a little longer than that. But they get in the ring, and they wrestle, and that's all it takes, is just two of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, Ricky Steamboat isn't doing, he's not hulking up. No. He's not, He's not doing what Flair, I mean, so he's not doing what Sting or Luger would do, where he's no, he doesn't no sell a lot of stuff. It's just, I'm gonna out wrestle you, and that's it. And yes, he takes big chances, and yes, there might there might be one too many attempts at the high cross body that go nowhere. Maybe that's it. But Flair's just there, Flair. We've said about Flair, it feels a lot of the time you can tell he's leading the match. Yeah. I don't think... I think he's just... Oh, I've done this as... Because the old story goes that this is the beginning of the greatest trilogy of American wrestling matches ever. Right? Yeah. And Flair has always said, if you'd have seen us in the 70s, in the house show loops, we were even better. But they were never on television. And I can't imagine a match... Of this time, any better than that? Because this is so good. I mean, it's just Flair cheats, but it doesn't get him very far. Like, but at the same time, Ricky's exhausted. Ric Flair is just tired as well. They've tried everything. There's the figure four spot that, that is, it's classic Flair. Yeah, but it's just done at the right time, at the right place of the ring, and. It's not like, again, I loved, don't be wrong, I loved the, the Sting Class Champions match. Yeah. I haven't stopped talking about it since we did that podcast. But a lot of that was, I'm going to hulk up. I'm going to become impervious to pain. That Sting, or Flair versus a big guy. Yeah. It's that match. He has one match. It's just how well that match goes. Yeah. And this is Ric Flair versus his technical equal. Yeah. Although not his technical equal. Because on this night, on this occasion, 
Ricky Steamboat is his technical better? Now, with the finish, Tommy Young gets knocked down at the same time as Ric Flair from the high cross body off the top. Yeah. And my brain immediately went, oh my God, here comes the second referee. Dusty finish. <laughs> and then Teddy Long comes in, counts the three. After a little bit of a while, another yep. move. One, two, three. And well, the match was one. It comes after, he misses a dive. Yeah. They both lie there. The other referee comes in. Yeah. Flair gets up, starts strutting around, gives the chest out woo, picks the leg up to go for the figure four. Small package. Small package. And yeah, people can say, oh, the small package finish. Everyone does the small package finish. When was the last time you saw a small package finish? In modern wrestling. In modern wrestling. Not much, but when it comes to long-ass technical matches, we don't really see many of those these days. No. We don't see... Um, every, but it used to be, you know, Ring of Honor would do a lot of stuff like that. And thing. Everyone would do the small package finish after the big, long technical match. Oh, whatever, ho-hum. It's like, yeah, but the, the reason that happens is they're paying homage to this. <laughs> this is where it comes from. At least to me, this is where it comes from. It's one of the best matches I've ever seen in my life. I was, at this point, sitting there going, God, Ricky Steamboat, what are they doing giving you the microphone? And you said, it to, we, I think we said it last episode, you said to me, oh my God, what are they doing to Ricky? You sent me a text message. Rick, Rick Steamboat's a really good wrestler. And I said, good job he is, because they, they do their best to make you not care. And in however long this match is, they just tell you a story. They do professional wrestling the way it should be done and they're really really good at it there's no dodgy I mean okay there was a there was a ref bump but it wasn't like a ref bump then this then this then this then a table bump then somebody hits them with a chair and there's two refs and they count in different shoulders yeah, and uh, yeah. all the stuff we've pretty much seen already yeah this was just yeah it was it added to the drama they didn't even bl- did, did Flair even blade no uh, which it's Flair you know so good and the end of the match, you're just there going, well, Rick Steamboat's the man. Which you should not be thinking with the build-up, with the interviews that Rick Steamboat's had. And then they go and spoil it all. And, yeah, and then they <laughs> cut backstage. To be fair, Rick Steamboat at this point, Rick Steamboat at this point, not bad. The issue being, they've gone, oh yeah, celebrate with him. And he's got been sprayed in the face by... Doc Hendricks, Michael Hayes, full in the face with champagne, so he can't see what's yeah, going yeah, on. He can't see. He's trying to. He's obviously irritated. Yeah, he's in there with Bob Cardall. I don't know if, if you ever had any. Well, have you ever had anything even carbonated in your eye? Yeah, it hurts. Um, and I'm not sure who, who they who they all are, but you can certainly hear. Um, Michael Hayes, Luger's strutting around in a towel. Uh, we missed the we missed the Luger interview. I mm. We missed the Luger interview because they because he says, um, I think it's before this 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 title match. Luger says, "I am now the U.S. champion." It's a hard fought victory, but you know what makes uh, you know what being the U.S. champion means? It means I am the number one contender to the world's title because uh, he's he's doing the old Spirit of '76 thing. He's got a bandage around his head and everything. Ah. so yeah, they've they're setting Luger up again. 
Yeah. Sorry, we. <laughs> I knew I'd be something. Mm. This was actually the best promo Ricky Steamboat's done in the cover because he I, keeps it simple, and it still wasn't good. <laughs> it still wasn't good. It wasn't good. But I've won this match. Ric Flair is a great competitor, and obviously he'll be the first one to get re- a rematch. Get a match. Get a rematch with his style. And you said that in about what three seconds. Yeah, but I'm not blinded by champagne with idiots running around screaming. Yeah, and, and with Bob Coddle going, give us a speech. <laughs> yeah. Get that speech to say, you Ricky. Yeah, speech, speech. <laughs> Just going to shut up. Shut up. <laughs> Leave the poor man I'm alone. tired. Uh, at least he didn't have the kid in his arms for this one. Yeah, but yeah, that it wasn't terrible. It didn't make me go, oh, Rick Steamboat, what, a, what an idiot. But it was like, this was the wrong thing to do. You should have waited till the next TV show and had him come out with the belt and the kid if you want to do that. This is a big deal because this is the first time we've seen Rick, someone beat Ric Flair yeah. for the world's title. So we've got two more matches between them. Yes. It's a trilogy of matches. It is a trilogy of matches. So I look forward to those. Yeah. They, 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 have, you, have you never seen these? I might have done years back, but or, or one of them years back. But I look forward to watching them and see. I don't remember them that well, so it's good to go back. I'm pretty sure I might have even been this one. One of them, Dave Meltzer's in the front row <laughs> with um, Mike Tanay, and they're just high-fiving, being like, oh my God! <laughs> I think that might be the next one. Might have been this one, but I wasn't paying too much attention. But I, I've seen the footage of, you know, Dave Meltzer and the Professor Mike Tanay literally marking out about how good these matches are. So uh, this was this was a five-star match, rated by, rated by Meltzer. Obviously, I'm giving too much away by saying that it's well regarded. Right. There's only one, well, two things left to do. Well, yeah. Uh, do I need to ask what your match of the night was? What, the one I've just spent ten minutes being like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, amazing, whoa! <laughs> the match of the night, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So, MVP. It's Steamboat. It's Steamboat. It's Steamboat. Steamboat had everything to do. Steamboat. Flair could have gone out there, could have gone out there, and done an average match, and people would have still loved him. Yeah? Steamboat. People weren't into Steamboat. He'd been buried by, like, previous bad interviews, and a job a match that went too long five days before. He leaves that match with everyone on their feet, and that's the thing that gets me. The crowd, not that they don't care, but they're not like, yeah, Rick Steamboat at the start of that match, are they? No. It's when he starts doing his stuff. But at the end of the match, they're like, yeah, Rick Steamboat. So to me, Ricky Steamboat turned the crowd. I, I do hate it when you go first. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. Because the main event is the match of the night. Yeah, but... And the MVP is Ricky Steamboat. Yeah. <laughs> like I say, hey, when you go first, because it always ends up with you being almost identical <laughs> in first. Well, that's it. But there are, are going to be shows where it's more contentious. Yeah. This is one of the best wrestling matches in history, it's it's a famous match for how good it is. So it's unlikely we're going to pick you know the midnight versus the midnight. But yeah, that was Chaitan Rumble, nineteen eighty nine. I've been Paul Barrow. I've been Dave Evans, and we'll see you on Turner Years next time.